five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Cal Banyan on Cal Banyan's Hypnosis Cetera on calbanyan.com. All right. I'm excited to have Christian Scoresmith back with me. And if you didn't get last episode, you got to go back there so you can get the background on Christian Scoresmith because he is someone who is not just talking the talk, too many people out there talking the talk, but he's walking the walk, he's full-time practice. And uh, let me just go over some bullet points so you know who he is. He's board certified by the National Guild of Hypnotists. He's a regular contributor to the Journal of Hypnotism. He's a regular uh, contributor uh, in the Five Path, IAHP, which is International Association Hypnosis Professionals. He's on the adjunct faculty of the National Guild of Hypnotists and speaking at the National Guild of Hypnotists Convention. He's also speaking, uh, sought after as a speaker with other hypnosis organizations. He's spoken as far away as the Ukraine on hypnosis and foreign language learning. That's interesting. He's been rated one of the best hypnotists in the Seattle area in the top three. He had a Christian uh, just recently published a program for hypnotists to learn how to uh, use hypnosis to help people with tinnitus. He's also on the advisory board for the Five Path International Association Hypnosis Professionals. I was impressed with his um, really knowledge in evidence-backed research and also his just commitment to helping people. All right, Christian. How Thanks. You doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on, Cal. So let me just let me introduce you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Cal is the living authority on hypnosis that works. Um, he is at the forefront. He is like the, the tip of the spear uh, on, on leading the profession uh, forward. He's the teacher of some of the most successful hypnotists and hypnotherapists in the profession, uh, in, the, in the world. Um, he's a thought leader. He developed uh, five-phase transformational hypnosis or five-path. He developed seventh path self-hypnosis. He developed the secret language of feelings. And I always recommend that book uh, to anybody I talk to. Um, uh, and these are all tools that I use every day in my, in my office. So I can, I can vouch for the, the quality, the effectiveness of these, of these tools. And so can my clients. Uh, Cal, has, he, he's received virtually every award that the National Guild of Hypnotists offers. Uh, but he's also uh, like a prolific writer, uh, trainer, speaker, podcaster. He said he has more than 500 videos and now like a couple more with this one. Um, so I've taken every opportunity to, to learn from Cal. I've taken every training that he's had and I've never been disappointed. Uh, so I've known Cal for, for, for years now. And um, I, really, I really value that uh, every interaction that I have, I have with him. So if you are, interested in uh, a thorough, grounded, systematic approach to change, to facilitating change, either in yourself or in others, you're listening, uh, like I said before, you're listening to one of the fountainheads now of, of, of that kind of work being done in the world. And, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks, Cal. Oh, gosh, go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, thank you very much for that introduction. So all you folks out there, I want you to know that I was very impressed with how Christian understands the scientific end, the, 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 the publications and how it substantiates what we do as hypnotists, 
as what we do as hypnotherapists and really what five pathers do as well. And I said, gosh, Christian, you, you need to come on my podcast and get that information out. Cause a lot of times I'll have people say, well, yes, I know you're a hypnotist, but is that really scientific? And, you know, can you give me some citations on why what you do would work? And so now I'll just go, you got to watch this video because Christian's going to put it down for you. All right. Let him have it, Christian. That's right. Well, the thing is, that's, I mean, the thing is, that's a legitimate question to ask, right? Yeah. Because there are hypnotists out there who are not scientific. They're not evidence-based. There are, you know, there's hypnosis is an unregulated industry. So I think it is important to really to dial it down and to make sure that we are holding ourselves accountable to uh, to the science, to the evidence. And then also to recognize that there's real grounding for the work that we do, um, that we're not just pulling it out of our hat or anywhere else. Um, so first of all, like generally, hypnosis is recognized. Um, Donald, Donald Mieschenbaum, uh, a really prominent, uh, like probably one of the leading uh, psychologists and trauma, trauma psychologists, um, referred to uh, relaxation as the aspirin of, of mental and emotional physical health, right? Because it's, it, it covers so many things. And now relaxation is not hypnosis, but of course, it's one of the most comfortable ways to begin that journey. So almost always uh, the work that we do as hypnotists is going to start in that realm. So we're already on really good footing, but then like hypnosis as itself, it, it goes, I mean, the, the science behind it goes back a couple hundred years. James Braid, the Scottish doctor, uh, was working before the advent of, uh, of, of ether and uh, anesthesia. And he was able to do some more than 200 deep, serious uh, surgeries with people under hypnosis. I mean, so right away, he was recognizing the, the scientific validity of this. And he did a lot to sort of start that, that, that scientific study of it. Um, another one, we all know the, the Pavlov, Dr. Ivan Pavlov, uh, the, the Russian Soviet at that time uh, psychologist, who really grounded a lot of his work in hypnosis and really talked about classical conditioning. And that was picked up by a lot of American psychologists in, in between the wars, particularly Andrew Salter. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm salivating just hearing about that. <laughs> Just in case someone this thing doesn't get, oh yeah, ring the bell, salivate, right? Yep. And you know, when I, I, my background is psychology. I have bachelor's degree, master's degree, and I'm what they call ABD, which is all but dissertation for PhD in clinical psychology. And so I really see the work I do is founded in these, in these antecedents, these previous builders, especially Pavlov. And you're going to get into uh, other people, perhaps Skinner and Beck and cognitive, mm -hmm. all this stuff. That was my background. And I brought that to hypnosis and, um, yeah. and, and, but I've been out of the world of psychology since, I mean, for 25 years. So what you bring to this is still being in that world, still reading those journals and stuff like that, where uh, that was my foundation, but then I just went totally into this. So I really think we're gonna be really good partners in this. Let's do it. Well, thanks. And the thing is, that's actually one of the reasons why I think like Five Path is really grounded in, in an evidence-based approach because you, you weren't coming, you were coming from a very academic trained, you were a clinical psychologist. You were, you were actually licensed. You were working with uh, patients, right? 
Actually, I was never licensed. I worked as, I never became a PhD. But oh, okay. I have a master's degree, and I was working as a psychologist in a hospital, Jamestown Hospital in, in North Dakota, but uh, that was at a master's level, and I was never licensed as a clinical. So I, I just, I fell in love with doing hypnosis full-time, and I never finished that. So I just don't want to start any nasty rumors like that. I, okay. I appreciate the clarification, mm -hmm. uh, but I, for me, you were still working with, you were actually working with with patients and, right. uh, and supervised. I mean, so like the grounding of the work that you do with now in, in five path, uh, is, is, is grounded in that evidence-based approach, which I really appreciate. Um, so yeah, you already mentioned, uh, like Skinner, um, uh, from that behavioralist model. Right. And, uh, a lot of what he was doing, uh, the behaviorist kind of, uh, discussion is kind of mixed because on one on one side they sort of they deny the existence of the unconscious but on the other side they're relying on all of this unconscious programming right so there's so it's it's come the sort of behavioral conversation has come a long way since then but it's deeply grounded in this understanding of what we call hypnosis right of the, the of opening ourselves up to suggestive suggestibility or suggestion um in fact so this 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 has this has been going on for decades uh, in fact, so Andre Weizenhofer in 1972, he uh, he was a, he was a researcher and he published a, a literature review that that illustrated the extent to which uh, researchers and therapists had been using hypnosis and hypnotic techniques for decades already, and that was in the 70s, right? And so we've actually, with the advent of cognitive science. Um, advanced neuropsychology, we've been able to keep up with and, and develop hypnosis. And now what we do actually looks a lot different from what it looked like in the 50s, right? When people were still waving a watch in front of people, right? And so the fundamental psychology is still there, but the kind of work that we do is, uh, has been following that, uh, that, that evidence, the, the evidence-based approach. Um, in fact, just as, as late as 1999, Irving Kirch, another researcher, um, wrote in uh, in a book, Clinical Hypnosis and Self-Regulation, that was published by the American Psychological Association. Uh, he actually emphasized that a lot of the techniques that um, behavior therapies and cognitive behavior therapies, a lot of those techniques that are using are actually just hypnosis minus the hypnosis label. Um, so um, whether we're calling, oftentimes we don't call it hypnosis just because we just think of it as being human. Uh, hypnosis, what we mean by hypnosis is just the, the specific discipline of, of elucidating that state and then taking advantage of it, right? Yeah. Uh, did it look like you have, did you want to chime in on that or? Well, yeah, I, I don't want to get ahead of you, but I, so I'm just nodding along. And I, as you're talking about that, it reminds me that even before I got my first degrees, when I would taken my first psychological courses, um, I got interested in John G. Watkins. Now, John G. Watkins was a pioneer in age regression hypnosis. Uh, he published a couple of books. One is, uh, he's probably published more than that. He was actually president of the American Psychological Association in the past. Uh, and I think it's hypnotherapy for war neurosis. And another one, hypnotherapy techniques. He's just awesome. He, he's the one that really got me interested in hypnosis as a form of therapy. And it was even before I ever got my bachelor's degree and, and, and master's degree and so on. So I mean, to me, just a big player for five pathers. He's the one that invented the informed child technique, as a matter of fact. So. Fascinating. Mm. John G. Watkins, you said. That's right. 
John G. Walker. Okay, that's I'm gonna have to. Uh, you've now sent me on another rabbit hole. Uh, there you go. You, you just can't stop. You can't stop sending that's me. That's why these. I'm a fountainhead. <laughs> I'm a fountainhead of information. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so you already you you, you also mentioned um, uh, Albert Ellis and Aaron Beck, pioneers in cognitive behavioral uh, techniques, and they both independently in their books have also pointed out that a lot of what they do is grounded in hypnosis. Um, and of course, like what they mean by hypnosis is specific with, you know, to, to cognitive behavioral sort of conceptual model of the mind. Uh, but it's fundamentally the same, functionally, it's the same thing that we're doing. And so they're, draw, they're connecting those dots independently. These aren't hypnotists who have some agenda in wanting hypnosis to seem scientific. These are scientists, these are people doing the research uh, and they're pointing out that the work that hypnosis, hypnotists are doing is actually what they're doing, just in a different context. Um, and we see this all the time. The hypnosis is scientifically validated most often when we're doing clinical trials of new drugs, when any new drug has to overcome the placebo effect, right? And the placebo effect is just somebody taking a sugar pill and thinking it's medicine, and then they respond to it as if it were medicine, right? And uh, and so that's just, that's hypnosis. It's accidental, unintentional hypnosis. So any new drug has to do better than accidental hypnosis in order to become, to be ruled efficacious. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that people don't think about is these drug companies, they will spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to develop a drug and then have placebo outperform it. And so they've got to run it over and over again until they can get a statistical proof that their drug works better than suggestion. And that's, yeah. that's really what that is, is suggestion. And that suggestion is just normal suggestibility. And what the hypnotist does is it build on that normal suggestibility as powerful as it is and creates a heightened state of suggestibility that we call hypnosis. Awesome. Keep going. Bingo, bingo. That's, uh, that's, that's great. So the only difference between what happens just randomly throughout the day and what we do is we either deepen that or heighten that. We increase that suggestibility and then we take advantage of it. So instead of it just being random, whatever you're exposed to at the time, that you're actually being intentional with that kind of work and what we're, what we're reprogramming ourselves, ourselves with. Um, now, there's a lot of different actual specific therapies where hypnosis is, is tremendously uh, helpful and already recommended. Um, for example, like in general anxiety disorder, uh, a lot, a lot of what that's being traced to now is a, is an overall sort of negative problem orientation. And that of course is, that's all cognitive, right? That's all what it's all built out of, not just cognitive, but it's also emotional, right? So it's, it's, it's built around the beliefs about the attitudes, about personal resilience, uh, confidence, their ability to solve problems, their confidence in their ability to solve problems, their awareness of their own personal resources. And all of that is what we build up as hypnotists. That's all, we're removing the blocks, we're taking, we're, we're taking out the negative programming, we're helping them become, uh, become aware or rediscover the positive programming that they have within themselves to cultivate that, to grow that. Um, so in, in general anxiety disorder or GAD, uh, hypnosis is being seen as, as one of the most effective techniques, uh, along with more cognitive sort of out of hypnosis counseling uh, in the normal state of suggestibility, right? Normal. Gosh, um, 
Yeah. I wonder what would happen if you actually mixed hypnosis with cognitive techniques and an understanding of what you're thinking and how it affects you emotionally. And oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But but the thing is, that's exactly that's exactly. And, and I have found in my own practice that when I have been working in conjunction with and under the supervision of uh, of, uh, of psychologists working with their patients um, on general anxiety, that the kind of work that we do, particularly five path has been very effective in helping those uh, those those for me, clients and for them, patients. It's been it's been a great partnership. It's really been fr very fruitful. Um, and been very surprising for them. Uh, of course, psychologists have been reluctant to trust their patients to just some person who calls themselves a hypnotist. But then after we've had conversations, we've had work together, um, then they start referring their clients or their patients to me. Uh, so it's been a very fruitful uh, relationship in that regard. Um, so one more thing about problem solving therapy as one of the sort of the cognitive behavioral sort of umbrella things is that... Um, Dr. Wahlberg, in as early as like 1948, in his book, Medical Hypnosis, he actually identified symptoms as being more helpfully conceived of as the product of emotions and distorted goals in life, right? Rather than being um, things that, are, that our mind or our body is doing to hurt us, they're actually, in this, in this problem sort of solving model, they're actually uh, things that our, that our body and our mind is trying to do to help us. And that's one of the key insights that I think as hypnotists, we're able to help people discover uh, and particularly the dynamics around that and then realign that. So you have your heart and your mind both playing on the same page, going in the right direct in the same direction. Awesome. Yeah, I've changed because now I know I've changed because now I feel. And so now I can cognitive emotion behavioral, right? Boom. Bill, brilliant. Yes. Um, where we see it most often, uh, uh, confirmed evidence-wise is actually in the study of pain management. And the study of pain has really exploded in recent decades, probably because of like the technology, but then also, uh, you know, the priority of pain management in our, in our civilization, our culture. Um, but so they've been able to actually measure things and, and the, the effect of hypnosis. Um, and the evidence indicates that hypnotic suggestions, they can influence the chemical, uh, inflammatory and other physiological uh, processes at the site of the injury and all and overall that actually alters the the responsivity of the nociceptors, right? But in 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 like sort of general talk, that means the the ability of our body or our nerves to perceive pain, and then also the processing by the brain of those sensations and interpretation of them as pain, right? So hypnosis has been demonstrated over and over again that it has tremendous power to. Uh, to affect how we interpret and experience pain. It's yeah. amazing. And some people, I mean, talk about quality of life. I mean, quality of life is inversely proportional to the amount of pain you're experiencing. Mm. So when you help someone manage or remove pain, particularly you're talking about physical, but then also emotional pain, you absolutely set them to free to live a full life. Yeah. Well, and as you pointed out uh, many times before, there's often an emotional component to physical pain, right? That, this, that, that we are not just, you know, like two separate systems, like our mental and emotional selves, right? We're, 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 we're a mix of all kinds of interpretations. In fact, a lot of my work in tinnitus is also building on that foundation. The, um, because, you know, the, the, the phenomenon of tinnitus is sometimes 
a result of no susceptive damage, but then also sometimes and also always a part um, emotional, intellectual belief systems, um, responses, associations, right? And those also need to be addressed. It's not just a matter of masking the sound or putting a particular anesthetic or something like that. Right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, um, and this is like, these are articles, we could list articles uh, in the American Journal of Clinical Hypnosis, um, brain research, uh, cognitive brain research uh, journals. Um, and so Faymonville in 2003, uh, as well as a number of others. He actually identified that hypnosis is more effective at pain management than rest or distraction. And in fact, um, half, of the, half of the medicines that they, that they tried. It's really a very, uh, it's, really, it's really an exciting area of study, particularly for, for the, the scientific study of hypnosis. It's really, it's, 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 it's turning, it's, I wanna say it's golden. Right? It's paying lots of dividends in that regard. We're at such a frontier right now of really breaking through and understanding how this biological computer works and interacts with our, our mind, body, spirit. Yeah, amazing. So yeah. where does all this take us? So um, it, right now with 5Path, uh, I wanted to like talk about 5Path specifically because this is the, what we've been talking about is hypnosis in general. And while all of this is true with hypnosis in general, right? I think five path is if there's even more evidence to talk about the specific application, the specific effectiveness and uh, uh, usefulness application of five path. Um, like, as we already mentioned, it's grounded in, in, in psychology because of your experience, uh, because of the input of lots of other people, but also it's, it is explicitly an evidence-based approach because we're constantly revising it. And you are, as a community, we are, we're constantly revising it based on the clinical experience of hundreds of hypnotists, thousands of clinical hours every year. Um, we, uh, and sometimes, sometimes these are significant revisions. Sometimes they're like revisions of a phrase. Sometimes I remember like once you, you put out a revision that was just with one word, right? If we do this word, this particular technique works better, right? And it's that mm -hmm. kind of exactitude, that kind of um, uh, razor sharp delineate, delineation and dedication to us following the evidence, not just following the, the, the a formula that we have that's worked in the past. We're always refining, right? So we're always plugging into that evidence. And that's one thing I really value about both the five path technique and the five path community, because we're really a collection of professionals who are really committed to doing this work the best that we can. You know, both to our clients and to each other. I mean, the community that we have of people, of hypnotists supporting hypnotists is probably one of the things I'm most grateful for in this profession because so many times out there, um, in every profession, people tend to fragment, right? And, and But the five pathers have coalesced around these fundamentals of five path hypnosis and seven path and the secret language of feelings and the XMEFB model and so on to where we have this common language and just desire to lift the profession by by lifting ourselves in this community and I'm we are very very fortunate to have you as a member of this community Christian well thanks I appreciate that um, I feel really privileged to be part of it and one of the things I like about five path is that, I mean, so the, the community and the common language that we have is that oftentimes those become organizing principles. Like this is the way we talk because this is the way we've done it. But in five path, 
all of this language and these concepts, these fundamentals, fundamentals that we agree on, those are meant to actually build us up to direct us in the kind of experimentation, the kind of refinement, the kind of growth that we have, right? They're not, they're not built to hold us back and to keep us, to try to protect some sort of canon of ideas. It's actually the foundation for all, all, all of us to be doing all of this work and elevating uh, the work for, for five pathers and for hypnotists uh, in general, right? This is really pioneering stuff that a lot of five pathers are engaged in. Awesome. All right, Christian, wrap it up. So I'm Christian Score Smith. I, uh, uh, I work in Seattle, Washington at Whole Health Hypnosis. You can find me on the web at www.wholehealth.today. That's W-H-O-L-E. H-E-A-L-T-H dot today, not dot com or dot org, something like that, wholehealth.today. And in fact, you can find out more about my training in tinnitus, helping, uh, helping uh, hypnotists and clinicians work on, in a systematic evidence-based fashion on how to work specifically with the, uh, with the, with the issue of tinnitus. Awesome. Thank you for being on the program. Would you be willing to do videos with me again in the future? Absolutely. I'd love it. I love it's it. Better. It's better than a stick in the eye, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> all right. So all you folks out there, and especially you, the one that's wondering if this is right for you, I want you to first, if you're not, like if you just ran across this video in isolation, I've got hundreds of videos on every topic in just virtually every topic in the world of hypnosis and hypnosis profession. And you get them for free. Just go to calbanion.com. Com, and uh, you have the opportunity to get there. And, and uh, when you also have the opportunity for me to like send you a note every time a new video comes out. Also on calbanion.com, there is my course schedule so that we can get you into this profession and join really great hypnotists like Christian Scoresmith. All right, that's it. Cal Banyan, signing off.